This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable, behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and And no no BS. This is two BAs on a pod. Okay, so I am very excited to introduce our guest. Today we have a fellow BCB trailblazer. She has been in the field of ABA for almost a decade and BCBA since 2018. Her love for health and fitness began in 2007 where she competed in the LA Marathon in 07 and 08. She has competed in bodybuilding in 2016 and the Spartan race in 2018. Additionally, she's completed courses in behavior analysis and health, sports and fitness from Team ABA and mentorship from ACT coach Mallory Anderson Macy. And within the past few years, she has experienced adversity, which included career burnout in 2019-2020 and again in 2021. During that time, her and her family endured the horrible news of her sister's cancer diagnosis, which I believe inspired her to have a major life pivot. She let go of the traditional agency role and launched her own business, Journey with Joss, where she used ACT, ABA, and her wellness education to help others pursue their own health and wellness journey. Please welcome our guest, Jocelyn. Yay. That, that was, you, that was a lot, but you have so you have so many <laughs> you've done so many things. I want to mention. <laughs> I it know, all. I love it. Aw, thank you so much. And I'm sure all of it like comes together in like where you are today and like what you're doing and how you're using all of your background, your education, and all your experience into your own business. Absolutely, um, it really does. And like hearing someone else talk about my life like that, I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. um, but you're right. It definitely has paved the path to lead me to where I am today. Um, and without any one of those main points, like I would not be the person I am. Um, and so I, I did want to start off by thanking you both for having me on. I'm very grateful Yay. to be able to share um, my story with you guys. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Like, just like some insight and context. So, I we all like this is Instagram podcast right here because all of the guests yes. that we have, <laughs> like me and Ashley ourselves, like we've connected through Instagram, which we shared like many times on the show, and yeah. um, literally all of our guests, right? Except your sister, yeah, has been like an inst- <laughs> like an Instagram guest, and Jocelyn too. Yeah. So she she's one of the few people that I've connected with on Instagram that's also into ABA and health sports and fitness, which is a small group of us. Um, So I've got the pleasure of getting to know her through those means. And we met in person once, which was nice. We did our little in-person at the block party. That was really awesome. And um, I'm just really excited to learn more about ACT. I know that's kind of what we're going to be like 
our um, overall message today is going to be like kind of learning and educating about what ACT is and how it's used in ABA. And I'm barely dabbling into it. It's so much information, but it's like so relevant to daily life. Everyone can use it. So I'm just really excited to hear more about it and how you use it in your own business and with yourself. Absolutely. I was introduced into ACT a couple years ago. I think I learned a little bit about it. Like I, it was like a buzzword a few years ago, like ACT, ACT. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, that sounds nice, but I didn't know what it was. And so then a year and a half ago, um, I came across it's funny you say like it's a whole Instagram community because it really is, yeah, um, it is. in the midst of the pandemic and um, in the middle of burnout. Um, I was like, something's got to give. Something has to change. Like I was seeking community at that point um, and I did that through Instagram. I was following a bunch of like other BCBAs um, and I came across Mallory's. Instagram page and I was like oh this is cool and I liked the way she was talking about it she was very she is very informative um and so in working with her I really like I took act head-on application full-blown like that's how I learned act was through living it and so that's why I'm so passionate about it is because my life has gone a full 180 and like you mentioned like I have experienced adversity. I'm not one that has a perfect life um, by any means, but I am so thankful that I came across ACT and truly looked into it and applied it. And while there is so much information on there um, and some of it might might seem um, – We'll get into that later. We'll get about, into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. <laughs> um, but I think that the main thing I want to say is that it's act is truly like if you apply it and you believe it, like it can change your life. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, we'll definitely get into it. We do want to start our podcast off with a traditional EO, AO of the week. So let's get into that. And then we're going to follow up with the uh, statement and then we'll get into all of our questions with you. Um, so Jocelyn, we do this every show with our guests included is we talk about our establishing operation and our abolishing operation for the week. Like what keeps us going and what is kind of hindering that motivation and what's what's kind of lacking that week. Um, so Ashley and I will go first, and then you can tell us what uh, your EO and AO of the week is. So my EO this week is, so I'm doing a Facebook challenge in my um, in my group, and we're doing the step goal. I am pretty sedentary. Like, I don't walk much. I, like, I work out, which is people think because you work out, that doesn't mean you're not sedentary, but not at all. You can work out for one hour and then can be completely sanitary for the rest of your day, which is me. I'm usually sitting here um, at my computer. So this week we're at 6,000 steps. Um, so that is actually a challenge for me, uh, which is, you know, it's probably funny to hear that from someone who is like a health enthusiast, but it's true. Like 6,000 steps is me pushing myself out of my limits. So um, that's a big EO, but luckily <laughs> my car broke down. <laughs> I say luckily. <laughs> Um, because I have to, I'm like kind of forced to walk. So I've been walking to the gym and back, which is like literally 6,000 steps. 
um, there and back. So I'm like, okay, I'm hitting it before I even finish my day. So that's been kind of cool. Not really because my car is broken down. Um, (laughs) So that is actually, I know, my fucking car. Um, That is actually my AO2 because it's going to be abolishing for like all of the things that I need to do that's not within walking distance. Luckily, I live like close to parks. I live close to the gym. I live close to like little stores, like like, little liquor stores and stuff like that. So I'm not like in like a desert, but it's grocery shopping or like actually in-home person visits like that's going to be difficult um so i need to we need to figure this out my husband's been working all week so he said his next day off we'll call a mechanic it's right now it's parked in like the underground parking lot so it's going to be really difficult for a tow truck to get in there so i know so he's gonna have to like push i don't know what we're gonna do he's gonna have to like push the car out yeah of the of the parking lot because it's like a really uh, tight parking lot where there's like tandem parking so each apartment gets two spots wow so it's really tight in there like there's no way a tow truck's gonna be able to maneuver yes so um yeah so that's my ao (laughs) is my car i'm gonna just i'm just gonna get a moped and just call it a day yeah, <laughs> can you imagine coming up to a client's house on one of those? They die. They would love it. Oh the kids would be like, "Can I ride it?" Yeah, they beg to ride it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if you Hilarious. manned four times, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> Reinforcer. I'm kidding. That's hilarious. That's funny though. So it's like your car is like both. It's like an EO and an AO because you're walking more, but then you're like, you're fucked if you need to go far. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You have to stay local exactly. for a little bit. Exactly. Um, my AO, I have like two, but I'll pick one. So I like live with really messy people. <laughs> like I live with my dad and my sister, and I'm like the only one that cleans this house. So um, it's like becoming an AO for me because I feel like I'm like developing OCD from it. Like I'm getting very freaked out by germs and and I think it happened because I was on vacation for a while when I came back I like got sick by like being in this house and I was Mm -hmm. like ew that's gross and now I'm like I'm gonna like get mold in my lungs or something and I'm gonna get bronchitis and then it's gonna turn into cancer and I'm gonna die like this is literally the the brain process so I in between my client the other day I came home and I walked through my door and I spent 45 minutes cleaning with like my backpack on and everything like I didn't even take and it wasn't even until I finished that that I realized I didn't take anything off like I had my keys in my pocket my phone was still like in the waistband of my leggings like I was sweating and I was like what the fuck like I'm crazy but I couldn't make it past like my door unless I set in my head that I was going to clean mm. and then literally that night when I got home from work again it was a mess again and I was like I can't go to bed like I can't sleep mm-hmm. I feel like my skin is crawling and I'm like noticing I'm washing my hands more and I was like talking to my boyfriend about it and he's like just go to your room and I'm like I start like physically sweating my heart starts racing Mm -hmm. like it's not even like it's like respondent behavior is happening like I'm not like doing it on purpose like it's just happening and I like can't function so I feel like it's just taking so much time up from my day that I'm like oh I in that like two hours I had I wanted to study in that time because I had two hours I wanted to eat and I wanted to like 
study some questions and I didn't do that because I spent most of that time cleaning and then I had to eat and then I had to like shower because I felt like the dirt was on me. Like this is like bad. (laughs) I'm like saying it it laughing because I'm like, I'm actually like getting hot, like thinking about it. Thinking about it. The kitchen is a mess right now, but I didn't have time because I had to come on here. Um, so yeah, that's my AO is that I'm dealing with that. I'm like scratching my leg. Like I, I literally I, itchy. Like I, I feel, feel like, it. I feel like, I feel like act could help. Oh my God, I, I want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I want to cry. I'm like sweating. Like I have to take this off. Um, so let's stop talking about it. Cause I'm going to like freak out. Yeah. Let's go to your EO. <laughs> my EO. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, literally I'm getting hot. That's bad. I feel like, I feel like that is like. That sounds like OCD, doesn't it? Like I was like literally searching it last night because I'm like I think I ha- I'm getting it. Like mm-hmm. I can't yeah. like I can't function. I can't I'm like I think about it at work. Like and then Intrusive when thoughts, I was going yeah. to work today, I checked to see if I had food in my teeth and I noticed that I feel like my gum looks like my tooth is coming through it on the bottom and I like texted my sister and I was like I think I'm gonna lose all of my teeth like it's like becoming like everything like I was like you need to send me like the dentist information because I'm gonna lose all of my teeth and she was like what the fuck are you talking about and I was like I sent her a picture and she's like she didn't even answer (laughs) because she's like you're crazy (laughs) but I can't so that's my AO I'm I'm getting OCD guys I I feel like some anxiety could be like in here makes it long in this because I mean you are under stress with the exam and all that so I think that could be triggering yeah triggering and like just exasperating the whole issue I don't know I'm not a psychologist so don't don't quote me (laughs) I don't know that that sounds a little bit outside of my expertise (laughs) right I've never been um I'm a pretty like tidy person because I lose everything so I have Mm -hmm. to have a place for everything and I'm like but I've never been like a clean freak like that so like that, right. I'm like that's not normal. Like I feel like I'm like Monica on Friends. I don't know if you guys watch that, but that's how I <laughs> yeah. feel like I am. Like I just want to wear like gloves all the time. That's my AO. My EO is um just like the studying I've been doing feels good. So I've been like consistent with it. Not during that time frame, obviously that was fucked. But at night, I've been dedicating <laughs> two to three hours of doing it. And like I've just um, shout out to local ABA because Marissa is like a fucking genius. I wish I, I just that. went with her from the beginning. Like the way she breaks down questions and just explains how to just read it. I have gone from answering like ABA wizards, like 70%. I've been getting 90s and 100s on every nice. part that I'm taking because I'm just reading it simply by just changing the structure and how I read a question uh-huh. is like it's crazy how like that little change can make such a difference. So Marissa right. is my EO. Like she's my EO <laughs> because she's just uh-huh. like all the um like – I feel like the imposter syndrome or like the anxiety I felt or like the negativity I felt for failing my first attempt, like, cause then I, I, I bought her $15 package. It has like two mini mocks, but like it go, like she has a video uploaded. So she goes through the questions. So she gives mm-hmm. you the answers and you can check it yourself. And I'm not going to lie on the first, I got 12 wrong. Like I, I was like, wow, I really don't deserve to take this test. Like 12 out of 19. Like I like, they fucking failed it. <laughs> but it was a mini mock yeah, yeah. But okay. after I watched her video, I saw like just that simple change in the like I just understood it so much more. And I was like, this is what I've needed from the beginning. I just wish I I knew what she was doing, but she's magical. So if anyone is studying and needs that, like go like her stuff is so affordable, too. And she's so right. sweet. And yeah. I think it's the difference between like needing to learn like the 
like the content of the exam or like learning the concepts and then needing to learn how to how to uh, take the test and test strategy and how to read a question and how to understand what the different answers mean. Uh, that's like a whole different like skill to have. So I think both you need both to pass the exam. So I'm, I'm happy you found like what works for you. Yeah. yeah. And also, actually, I'm I passed on my second time. So it's OK. Yay. <laughs> yeah. What awesome. do you feel like um, was for you, Jocelyn? Like, what do you think you did differently the second time? Uh, the same thing Ashley just mentioned. Um, now, back when I was taking the exam, I don't think Marissa had started her business just yet. Um, and so I actually went through Siri Ming. Her course was very similar in in the aspect of she dissects each question and you learn how to take the exam uh, or how to read the exam. And just like you said, Alex, it's it's a different skill set. We could know the ins and outs of all of the ABA principles and know how to apply it. But then when it goes to taking a test and knowing how to pick the correct response out of four that all suck, um, and then knowing in the back of your mind that it might be an ethics question, and you're like, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Even though you do know, it's just the, the way the exam's formatted. And she also just gives like, I'm not going to like say what they are because I like even though yes I said her stuff is super affordable and I feel like she's so she gives a lot of information for free on her Instagram but like I don't want to like give something I purchased from her away but she goes through like okay if the word fluency is in it like it's this or like if if there is this many yeses and this many noes like this is the answer like you don't have to even keep reading like it's this and it's like oh fuck like I wasn't even like I knew what type of graphing you use for fluency but I like got so confused because now I have all this fluff in this question where I'm like, oh my God, do they want me to use a bar graph? I don't know. Like, would the parent read that easier? Probably, but that doesn't fucking matter because you don't use a bar graph for fluency. So it's just like, like those little things where I have so many flashcards of like just key terms. Like if this word's in the question, this is the answer. Like that's it. And like that is just, if you, like Alex said, if you need more test prep and not like actual content, I just feel like find a person that teaches test prep because I just wish I did that from the beginning. Right. Okay, Jocelyn, if you want to tell us what your EO and your AO is for the week. Yes. So I'll start with AO. AO um, are to-do lists. Yes. Freak me out. Oh, yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And And when you don't check it off, you're like, what the fuck? It's not getting done. (laughs) Like I can show you – this is something I had from a while ago. It's not recent. Um, But like do you see that? Yeah, oh, so it's many like forty things. things. So yeah, much. how stressful. There's like sections like drawn and out. Like, yeah, and the like filled in hearts are the ones I completed, but it took me a really long time. And there's a lot on there that is not completed, but like stuff like that stresses me out. And so it's mm-hmm. taking me a while to like realize it's the freaking to do list. It's not the things on there. Um, and right. So, right. Yes. Yeah. So so to do lists are my AO. Um, and what I'm doing now that's a little different is just time blocking. Have you guys heard of that? Mm, I haven't. Like no. blocking the time out on a schedule? Oh. Yeah. And then and then I I'll mean, like I guess assign. That. <laughs> I, yeah, well, yeah. I, I haven't done it, but I actually <laughs> was like, oh, like, let me guess. Well, yes, you're right. <laughs> is that um, it? <laughs> but to, <laughs> to say a little bit more, you like assign uh, like a work on Journey with Joss projects from this time to this time. And then instead of it being like a – like a list of all the things in all the different aspects of my life. Like once it's that specific time, let's say 8 a.m., 
once it's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. I know I'm going to be doing Journey with Joss. And these are the things that I want to do within that. And then as soon as the time block is done, that's it. If I want to continue, I can. But if not, then I like have accomplished what I said. Okay, I like that. It, yeah. It's like more, it's easier on yourself because I, I yes. am the same way. Like I learned how to um, not make my to-do list so long. Like mm-hmm. I'll just do like four or five things on my to-do list today instead of like 10 to 15, uh, yes, which I would 40. do before. And yeah, exactly. Or 40 yeah. or yeah. I just break it up smaller because then it's like, you know, it's more realistic and attainable, which we preach all day. Absolutely. So I, yeah, I understand when you have like this huge to-do list, you're just like, yeah. mm, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see and then my eo um so i'm currently working on reducing food waste um and oh cool i recently moved in with my fiance and so now it's like before i used to just meal prep for myself and now Mm -hmm. we're cooking together and it's like for two people and we have different taste buds and like yeah it's different things like that (laughs) yeah so um we've been meal prepping and eating the food that i meal prep those are two different things, right? Like you can be right, right. all day long, but are you actually exactly. eating that food? Um, yep. And so um, I found that that was really contributing to my food waste. And so what I started doing is um, meal prepping delicious food that I actually like. Like this past mm-hmm. weekend, I meal prepped ropa vieja, um, which is just like top sirloin, shredded top sirloin that you – um, you can do it in the slow cooker with some vegetables and then you can eat it several different ways. So mm-hmm, the diversity right. in that makes it so exciting right. too. Like you can have it on tostadas, you can have it in tacos, you can have it over rice. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's so much more exciting than eating like grilled chicken breasts and some asparagus, which we'll get. Exactly. We'll yes. talk about later too. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so exactly. seeing, seeing the food, like be, one, being excited to eat the food right and then two seeing towards the end of the week like there's less food in my fridge um Mm -hmm. is exciting because that means I'm eating it (laughs) you know right right um and so I would say that that's my EO I love that yeah that is awesome um yeah having to cook with different because like my husband is so picky and he doesn't care about health like he really (laughs) we'd have like totally different values when it comes to that and it's funny, too, because he's, like, skinny guy. So, like, he, like, tries to work, like, on gaining weight. And he went to the doctor mm-hmm. just for, like, an annual checkup. And they wrote him a letter, like, keep up the good work with diet and exercise. And he literally eats, like, garbage all day. And, like. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, they just reinforced his, like, not healthy behavior. But. Yeah. Um, right. I Yeah. It's, it's having to find that, like that dance, which we both compromise because he's definitely less picky than he used to be when I first met him. So, I mean, I'm able to, I find meals that we all can enjoy so I don't have to cook twice. But sometimes I will have to cook right. like my salmon, which he doesn't like seafood. seafood and I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, you need to go buy your Taco Bell because I'm not cooking twice. Like, oh my God, so we funny. do have to compromise. You know, it's, I can't believe the way he eats. It's not, it's disgusting to me. Like Taco Bell and he can eat al pollo loco like every single day. Um, pizza, it's it's a mess. But supposedly he's healthy, according to the doctor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep it up. So he's gonna keep it up. Um, yeah. But I understand it's it's a dance you gotta you gotta yeah. do when it's more people, not just yourself. Absolutely, and also like knowing how much to cook. Yeah. Because, well, I I'm currently bulking, um, so mm-hmm. I eat a lot, and then my fiance is 
like over six feet. I think he's like six one or six two. So he just like needs to consume lots of right. food to survive. Right. And so exactly. it's very interesting um, to cook for one versus to cook for two um, when we both eat a lot. Um, and also taking into account like, am I really going to want to eat the same meal for three meals or um, can I make it interesting enough? Like the ropa vieja, you can vary it. And so it's not, you feel like you're eating something different, even though it's like the same um, main portion. Yeah, exactly. And um, like my make spaghetti and it's like, I make a spaghetti for like a whole army. Like I need yeah. to learn yeah. how to make spaghetti <laughs> for like 10 people. Cause then, yeah, then it just goes, cause you, no one wants three day old spaghetti. It's just not the same. Exactly. So that's our EOAO, um, and then we're going to go into our controversial statement. So I like the statement that you chose, Ashley, if you want to go ahead and read it. Okay, so it says, I literally just Google, like, controversy about ABA, and then I just find these. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I Google it, like, I pick the first one. Like, every day it's a new one. It's always good. It always changes. Always a new controversy. (laughs) Yeah, like, all the time. So, um. It says ABA violates autonomy as it coercively closes off certain paths of identity formation. So I think this quote is great because it definitely aligns with ACT because I in so. ACT, yeah, yeah, because yeah. in ACT, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jocelyn, uh, we, it's important to identify the person's values and their, those values is what determines what's significant to work on. Absolutely. Because it, I understand ABA is... Uh, controversial because we're seen as robotic or we're seen as like who is who is saying that this is normal or who is saying this should be standard like why is this socially significant um Mm -hmm. so I can understand that part when people don't really know ABA or if they're not using ABA that is individualized or personalized like the like the controversial eye contact goal um like that goal we talked about before I think we talked about with Kayla right like for some I think so some clients, it doesn't make sense. Like maybe they don't need eye contact. But for other clients that it may make sense because we need to make sure that they're attending to us so they can learn more. It's like a prerequisite skill. So it right. just depends on the, the individual. So I think with ACT, um, it does definitely gives more uh, individualization within the programming and within the goals because uh, it is about who they are and what what their values are and what they want to work on um, and why it's important to them. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I agree um, 100%. When I read the statement, I was like, ooh, I feel like ACT is the bridge, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, because yeah. it, while ABA is individualized for each kiddo, um, ACT, I think, takes it a step further. And it's it's really focusing on what is important to that person. Um, because what's important to me and the way that I live my quote-unquote healthy life is going to look different um, mm-hmm. to Ashley and different to Alex. And maybe exactly. there might be some overlap, but there most definitely will be differences as well. Exactly. Right. I, I also do think, though, there's something to say about I, – I see why people get controversial with us saying, like, oh, well, who sets these social norms, right? Like, who's the mm-hmm. boss that says – okay, well, responding to your name is important. But I do believe that there are certain things that come down to safety 
that a child does need to be able to respond to their name because I work right. at a camp right now with one of my clients and there's this other kid. He's not even mine. But today he was like walking off and he was going to put something away in his book bag, but they were going to lunch. So the coach kept like calling his name and calling his name and he just kept walking like he was not like even paying attention. And Mm -hmm. I like freaked out because I was like, okay, like this isn't my kid, but I went in his path and I stopped him. Like I put my hand open palm on his shoulder right in front of him. And I was like, look at me. And he did like for a second and he looked away. I was like, perfect. Thank you so much. But your coach is calling you. So I need you to turn around because I don't know where this kid is going. And then even when he turned around, like the coach caught up because he was like, I was closer to the kid, but I know it was like in earshot. Like the kid could definitely hear him. He wasn't like mad or anything, but he was like, Hey, like, and he said his name again. And he's like, do I have your name? Right. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, did you hear me? And he was like, yeah, but I had to go put this away. And it's like, you need Mm. to respond. And that is like a safety issue. So I feel like sometimes we get these goals as analysts or as RBTs with our supervisor. And then we like think of the worst possible situation. Like they're going to be in public one day and someone's going to call for them and they're going to get hit by a car. And we just jump from like zero to 100 because we see that like snowball effect of like what it could be if at three years old, our learner has not mastered responding to their name when they're 13 that's going to happen so I feel like we put a lot of emphasis on these goals with caregivers and with our therapists but it's because of that and I feel like a lot of people don't want to like talk about that because they get this social reinforcement of oh well that supervisor doesn't believe in those goals because it's not ethical and it's like it's not ethical to not work on things that could cause harm in the future so I think that it's like a double-edged sword because I see why But I also see where like if I'm not getting anything back, not even like a pivot of the body language, like mm-hmm. I don't know that you're paying attention and like that could eventually be really bad, like really, really bad, mm-hmm. especially for some of our lower functioning learners. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's another reason no, it I does. this. It does make sense. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And you can even relate this to like health and wellness. Um, yeah, we we all have our own journey. Like Jocelyn was saying, like health may look different for each one of us. But at the right. end of the day, we can't just eat on junk food, sleep, live on two hours of sleep a night and right. uh, have all this anxiety on being on social media all day. Like there's certain things that we just cannot do and still live a healthy lifestyle. It can't be mutually exclusive. So there's some things that we all need to be like under an umbrella, like we all have to kind of align to, but at the same time, it can be like a different route, a different purpose and a different yeah. way towards that. So I, yeah. I think that that is the autonomy of it. Um, so I, I mean, I understand that statement. I don't agree with it. And I th- just think it's right. poor, um, I guess, clinicians and implementation on why this people feel this way about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes down to the fact that like maybe some people in the field are just going super by the textbook and taking everything Skinner said like black and white and it's like that's not good either like we have to evolve we have to learn and I work with a like one of my supervisors has been a BCBA for 12 years like she's not Mm -hmm. like new (laughs) you know and like she even says it all the time like oh when I first started as a supervisor like I did things completely different than I do now Mm -hmm. and because she had to evolve like it it just 
but if people aren't evolving, then we look like we're doing all of these like strict structured things. It's like I barely do DTT with that client I have with her. And you would think like BCBA 12 years, she probably wants me at the table. <laughs> I, I barely sit at the table with that kid. Everything is yeah. almost NET. So it's like you never like you don't really know. And another thing we've talked about a few times is that we don't get to show our therapy. And I hate that. Like I really mm-hmm. hope one day there's some way that we can show what we do with our kids because like I see speech and OT and PT showing all of their sessions on their Instagrams. And I'm like, fuck, like I really wish I could do that. And I've tried to do that on my own Instagram. Like I'm definitely like pushing the boundary of what we're supposed to do on social media because I have I had never show my kids or their face, but I have showed like the activities that they're doing on a break. And I explain why, or I've shown like their token economies and I've shown them like getting those things because it's like, God, no one sees that. And they just think that we're mm-hmm. here like dictators in the small room right. with like no color and no like smiles. And right. it's just yeah. like, we're not just that. Doing That's robotic not what we things. do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do they get away with that? Like there's no HIPAA laws for them? I don't understand I don't that. We know. need to ask your, your cousin. Yeah. I <laughs> that too. Because I feel like HIPAA is across the board, not just right. ABA. Not just ABA. Uh, yeah. That's like a, yeah. like a medical thing. Yeah. I just wonder yeah. if it's because of our board. Like, is it? Or if they have like um, waivers. Maybe they sign waivers. I don't know. Because, yeah, HIPAA is across the board. Like doctors, like, yeah. like psychologists. It's not just mm-hmm. an ABA thing. But, yeah, I, I like that statement. Okay, so let's get into our interview. Let's just get to know you, Jocelyn. I talked about your um, background and the introduction, but if you want to like elaborate more on your journey in health and fitness, your journey as a uh, BCBA or an ABA in general, and the burnout. I know you've done um, like the traditional role at agencies, and now you're kind of on your own. So if you want to just kind of have at it. All righty. Um, so I'll kind of intertwine all of them since since that's how it happened for me. Right. <laughs> um, but any questions you guys have, just feel free to yeah, absolutely. ask away. Um, okay, so I would like to actually let's start from the beginning, from like childhood. Um, right. let's, do it. <laughs> let's do it. So I am, my parents migrated to this country when they were teenagers. Um, and so that's context, right? Um, and I have always like, tried to excel in my academics because that was really important to me. My parents for this education, I think is probably third grade. Um, And so for me, it was really important to pursue education and to be really good at it. Right. That's Mm -hmm. like little kid me biggest goal is just be good at school. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I graduated high school. I knew I was going to go to college. I went to a community college first, for me too. I started, yeah, I started <laughs> yeah, community college when I was in high school. Actually, I, I had the oh, wow. um, opportunity to start then. And so I only did outside of high school. I did one semester at community college. And back then, I don't know how it is now, but classes were very hard to get into. I remember I would have to sit in um, for like a week, basically. Hoping someone drops out. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, wow. begging the professor, like, please, can you please open one more spot? And she'd like look around and be like, don't you see all these other like people trying to get in the class? And I'm like, oh, I just need to be in your class. Um, so that was difficult. Um, I transferred out 
um, and went to a four-year university. Um, I graduated with a um, degree in psychology, and then I began my ABA journey, right? And so I was just kind of going through life, taking things off that society told me makes sense, right? So you graduate high school, you go to college, you get your bachelor's degree. Um, in the school I, I went to is, is a Pacific University. And so a part of their community is doing volunteer hours. And so I started volunteering at an NPS um, and I did a summer there. The teacher said, wow, you're so good at this. And I was like, yes, I'm good at this. <laughs> and then she was like, uh, it's my whole say? identity she, now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. It became uh-huh. my identity. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. since I'm good at this, mm-hmm. I tell me what else, you know? And they were right. like, oh, there's a master's program you can get. And I was like, okay. So then that became the next box on mm-hmm. my list. Um, and I did the master's degree. Um, I got my uh, degree, I think, a year and a half later in teaching with an emphasis in applied behavior analysis. From there, the next step, right, is to mm-hmm. become a BCPA. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I did that and I checked that off. And all the while, I was just checking things off because they made sense. Not to me necessarily, I mean, it made sense because someone else was telling me, you know, this is like the timeline. Right, right. And so then I became a BCBA. And it sucked. (laughs) I had no (laughs) supervision, really, that my supervisor was one to say, this field is a sinker. What's this phrase? Sinker swim. Um, (laughs) I remember going to her because I had my first report to work on and they gave me the previous report and said, here you go. Just follow the format. Mm-hmm. I must yep. have cried then- for mm-hmm. days. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It was rough. It, it is. was really hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's guided me into and like helped me become the supervisor I am today. So it definitely served its purpose. Sorry, just real quick, like my experience is similar as far as the supervision part. Like you get minimal supervision. You just get your hours by you like, just, you just get your hours as RBT and then yeah. me trying to like help with whatever I can help with doing the monthly averages, mm-hmm. helping with goal writing, whatever I can do, reading articles. Uh, that's all good and stuff, but there's no one really mentoring you on how to be a BCBA. They're just telling you how to be an RBT. So as soon as I passed, which is funny because talking about Kayla, I seen her her post today about clinical directors, how we're just given that clinical director role without any other training other than passing the exam. And that's what Mm -hmm. happened to me. I passed the exam and I was immediately promoted to clinical director. And I have a whole bunch of responsibility that I was never trained for. So it's, it's true though. Like it is sink or swim and like you have to be resourceful and you have to kind of figure it out on your own, but Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to, you should have to do that. You shouldn't have to just figure out on your own and be resourceful. Um, So I have the same experience. I was just like thrown, they gave me a report and they're just like, here, it's due on this date. And it took me like 10 hours to like get any progress and just on the formatting alone. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh gosh. Don't tell me it was. Allie care. I don't even know. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I should say that, but like. (laughs) It's the most tedious template. So tedious. I hate that. Ever. And yes, Ashley, it makes me sad too. 
And mm-hmm. it, it, that's I part makes of, me not want to ever like, leave my company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, yeah. Because you have a good one. Yeah. That's like awesome. I do not have this problem. Like wow. I, I'm not even a BCBA yet. And my like su- the supervisor I have that has been one. Well, not even just her because my other supervisor has been a supervisor for six years. So she's pretty seasoned as well. On this case, this is like my fourth case I've had with her. She has me do all parent communication. Like she's like, mm-hmm. you need to practice, girl. Like there was an issue. Call mom. Call mom. This is what you're going to say. She calls me before and then calls me after. Um, my other supervisor is having me like do like mock parent training. So we're starting in like the um, parent, like some parent training book from like the first thing. So I'm like the, pretending that his mom has no idea how to get parent trained, but she's playing along with me and doing it. I've been doing program updates since my first case ever, ever. Like I've gone through Medicaid audits and I had to like sit with my supervisor and do it with her. Like I, I've just, because they knew I was going to be one. Right. So it's yeah. like, they never treated me like I was just an RBT because they were like, yeah. eventually whether you stay with us or not, like you're going to be an analyst and whatever we can. And then once I am like, I have to be shadowed by one for like six months mm-hmm. and that's going to yeah, be that's my awesome. supervisor and it, yeah, I don't have to pay great. out of pocket for that. So it's just like, I feel so sad because this is the majority though. Like your guy's yeah, story yeah. is the majority it's and it's like, it's mm-hmm. not cool. Like that's not how it yeah. should be. No, no. no. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, sorry, I need to the, go off topic, but it just makes yeah, me no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, this it is, is a it conversation. Is, it, yeah, it, it is though, but that is mostly the majority, and I think it's. I mean, I think it's because the caseload. I think it's too much yeah. work. Um, we all have way too many responsibilities. I mean, we can go on on why this is, be why this is the problem at AB agencies. It's the culture. I mean, overall, it's, it's the, the culture. Yeah, the yeah, culture and the values. Culture. I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. values as well because uh yeah with some agencies it's very clear where where the yep. importance where they uh what right. their values are like they don't even Bill- try to hide it. billables <laughs> <laughs> hit your billable requirement <laughs> hit your billables why didn't mm-hmm. you hit your billables also yes. drive everywhere in southern california yes. and get there within yes. 15 minutes yes. the 405 yes. is a myth <laughs> yes so all, all these freeways oh my god I, I had so many panic attacks and like boohoo moments on the 405 um <laughs> that like occurred during my burnout phase so let's talk about that um yeah. when I was working for an agency I was commuting from uh the San Fernando Valley to um Gardena, Torrance area. Um, mm-hmm. And I was being uh, led to believe that we were going to expand in the valley. So I was like, oh, like I can hold off. Um, right. And so that's I was commuting. <laughs> yeah, that's always You always the, say that. Yeah, always yep. case. Yeah. So I stayed there for a couple years. And in the beginning, I was really excited. I was getting lots of experience. Um, but that was also where I wasn't being supported and my supervisor just wasn't, um, very involved. Um, Mm -hmm. and whenever I would ask for help, especially in the beginning, like it just wasn't something that was given, um, which asking for help alone is is like huge for me, (laughs) at at least back then, like it was really hard for me to do. And then to be dismissed was, um, 
not the best. And so it led me to kind of just figure it out on my own, which led to a lot of struggle. Um, and that on top of having an entire caseload, being responsible for these kids' progress um, and feeling like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, on top of commuting, I would commute like two hours, two and a half hours each way. Um, and that's not including in between clients. Um, so oh my, my day, I was able to get into the office at 10, which was like supposed to be a perk. But in order to get from where I lived to that office by 10, um, I would have to leave like 6, 6.30 a.m. Oh that's crazy. It was it's ridiculous. Yes. So I had no time for me. Like it was always right. just commuting, work, commute, work, commute, work. Mm -hmm. um, and so my mental health really took a plummet. Um, I ended up leaving there and going to another agency. This was at the beginning of the pandemic. So everything was telehealth. Great, right? I get to work. Yeah. Home, no commute. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what happened was I was being bombarded with billables, like an insane amount of billables. I didn't have control over my schedule. So everything was being scheduled for me. Oh, they sucks. would have me starting sometimes like 7 a.m. And then I would end at like 7 p.m. Right. With like no lunch break. You know, and I was like having to email and like advocate for myself. Um, right. Like, of course. Like, hey, like I have to use the restroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I need water okay. and like a sandwich, like basic <laughs> yeah. life needs, you know? Exactly. And they're like excuses like um, we're working from home, you can multitask yeah. or yep. um, your sa your salary so you're, you don't need to <laughs> you don't have to abide by the the state laws of taking a break and taking a lunch because your salary um, so you're actually able to work 12 hours so yeah I've been told that like oh you don't need to have a lunch because you're a salaried employee which is that's not okay fucking crazy it's insane. Not okay. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep um, and so then that led to me overworking myself and and mm -hmm. finding that I was right back in that burnout situation. So one thing I didn't mention that I kind of want to backtrack a little bit was how health and fitness really like plugs into that. So when I graduated with my undergrad and started working as a direct interventionist, this was before RBTs, um, I was like, okay, this is going to be like tough mentally, emotionally. I need to find a form of taking care for myself. So I walk myself into a gym, right? <laughs> and it was intimidating. So I hired a, a trainer and I was like, okay, I can do this. Um, but in trying to, I, I made this goal for myself, right? I, I want this to be my lifestyle. I want it uh, going to the gym to be like who I am. Um, this was what, how old was I? 21, two, 22 years old. Um, and so eight years ago, and I wanted my identity to be that gym person. So I was like, right. okay, in order to become that person, I am going to, um, do a bodybuilding competition. Right. And I had been mm -hmm. active before in high school. I'd run a couple marathons, um, and the reason I ran those marathons is because I went to such a small high school. There was literally, I think, nine people in my graduating class. 
And wow. so a, yeah. <laughs> very small. So like a running club was the only thing to do. And a, being a part of that, you did long distance running. Um, so I, I had that experience under my belt. I decided I would uh, do a bodybuilding competition. But what happened as a result of that was I became very obsessive. It was very much if I don't meet every single thing to get there, then I failed. That's not healthy, right? Looking back, it's not healthy. A lot of unhealthy behaviors were developed through that. Working out six times a week, being at the gym multiple hours. I wouldn't, I didn't have a social life because I was like, no, like, I don't want to get drunk because then I won't go to the gym the next morning. Or super not that, rigid. Yeah, super rigid. That's the, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. Very mm-hmm. rigid in everything that was quote unquote healthy. Um, and so that experience taught me a lot. There's one birthday that I had during that time. And I remember being with family um, and they like bought me this cute cake and I didn't eat any because I was very rigid with what I would consume because I had to like meet my macros to a T. And if I ate a piece of cake, then that would throw it all off. Um, so it impacted every aspect of my life. And then, so I did the competition, right? I did the competition. I actually placed in and brought like a trophy home and that was exciting. But the week before, one more thing I want to mention about that experience is to drive the point of how like extreme the habits I built were. Um, The week before is called peak week and I was only eating tilapia that was unseasoned. So no salt, no pepper. And asparagus for the entire you can't retain week. water. Mm-hmm. Nope. I was drinking a gallon of water the weekend prior. And by that Saturday that I competed, I was wetting my tongue. Yeah, I want to see something about that because um, a lot of people look up to the bodybuilding community um, and they look up to them as the epitome of health. But that is not the epitomy <laughs> no. of health at all. No, that you, they, they look cool, um, respect for the discipline, like, like much respect because that's hard work, but that is not the epitome of health. And we should not simulate those behaviors for just the everyday person. And I think that is a big reason why I am um, started my objective outcome business because I've seen this um, with the bodybuilding community being um, on this pedestal as this health ambassador. And I see people trying to emulate those behaviors, trying to meal prep the asparagus and the tilapia and trying to carry around their gallon of water or trying to hit the gym six times a week. And no, if you are a regular person, like 99% of us, you do not have to engage in those behaviors. And like Jocelyn, how you went into bodybuilding um, because you're like, this is going to be my identity now. I want to be a health and fitness person. That is so common. I see this all the time. And what I see, because this is common in my hometown. I'm from a small town. So I see, you know, the girl get into the gym and all of a sudden she's competing. And then after competition, she gains the weight back. And then it goes again. And then she competes and it's really neurotic. And then she gains the weight. And for me, an outsider, I'm like, oh, you never addressed the actual dysfunction there. You never addressed actually sustaining long-term behaviors and that's like a major disconnect we have in the the health and fitness world so i mean i that's your experience but that's many people's experiences absolutely yeah um and and coming from that and being where i'm at now like it's so 
like, yeah, it may look the same, right? You can catch me on Instagram flexing, but right, right, like, you should so much more happier. Yeah, it comes from such a different like intention. I'm out here celebrating the ability that I can move my body because not everyone has that. That like they can't, you know, um, and so. I, I love being able to put myself in that situation where I'm pushing, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and the whole physical aspect is just a byproduct. And I'm not like I have such a flexible view on my health goals and not in a way where it's like, oh, like it's permissive to just not like do whatever I want, you know. Um, but in the sense that if I don't work out on a Monday, cool. I'll go tomorrow, you know, and and I trust that I will. And it's not so much I I go to the gym every Monday, you know, it's a it's like, hey, every week I want to go to the gym four times, which is what I do. And if that means I go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sweet. If that means I go Wednesday and then Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, I still met that goal of four times. It looks a little different. I moved my body. That's that's the purpose there. Um, the intention is to keep my body moving. And so that's where I'm at now with with uh, fitness as it is after. So let's go back to, sorry, we're just like going all over the place today. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you going, got to act. It's important. This is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So this is how I got to act. So um, with the fitness right? The all or nothing mentality. So keep that in mind. And then the burnout. Um, So Mm -hmm. now we're going to add one more component that we haven't talked about just yet. Um, And that's my sister's metastatic um, breast cancer diagnosis. And so um, that came June of 2020. Right. And so I'm already having, I'm having like a lot on my plate. And then there's this and it's like, what do you mean? Like, cancer like first thing you think of is worst case scenario um right and so navigating through all of that was at the same time was very heavy is the best way I can describe it and it was like that wake-up call to like get my life together because yeah, on the, on the app from an outside point of view, like I have the job, right. I'm a BCBA, right. I I'm healthy quote unquote, because my body looks a certain way and I go to the gym six times a week. Um, but mentally I was so rigid with my thoughts and like struggling daily and and suffering. Um, I was going through my day to day, activities in autopilot. Um, And so my sister gets this diagnosis. Metastatic breast cancer is the, it's towards the end, is is it. Um, And so, so I want to live my life now in a different way. At this point, I didn't know how I wanted to live my life, but I knew that the way I was living it was not it. It was not fulfilling. It was not it didn't feel good ever, like no matter what, it just sucked. And so then cue act, right? So I'm interested in act. I see Mallory's stuff. We start to work together. I am all in because, again, 
everything I had done till this point wasn't working. Working out wasn't working. It wasn't solving right. my problem. Right. Exactly. Um, right. And, and I think that's really important to highlight is I was turning to the gym to solve my problems. A lot of people do that. It's like, oh, the gym is my therapy. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you're moving your body. But like, are you really like putting in the work to fix? Yeah, there's always like nine out of 10 times. There's more to it. Right. If someone's saying the gym is their therapy, like, I would love to talk to you. (laughs) You know, right. Right. It's true. And so act to put it in my own words is teaching flexibility in your thoughts. Um, And really all our behaviors, I know this might be like super controversial, um, but all our behaviors are rooted in a thought. If you don't believe you're worthy, you're not going to do something. You're not going to sustain that behavior over time. Maybe it'll work for a couple of days, maybe a week, but long-term, if you're you're looking for long-term change, you really have to look and get curious about what you're actually doing curious about the thoughts you're currently having around different situations and then making informed decisions based off that taking action that's in alignment of what you want to be doing not what you've always done right and and being intentional and then practicing like it takes a lot of practice it's not like who you see here like I'm still practicing you know, right, I'm not sure. perfect. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. And it, it's a daily practice that, that we do. But I think that it's definitely one that changes the game. Being able to be present, which is something that my rigid thoughts would never allow me to do, right? I was always lost in my head. Um, and And our mind is always creating thoughts whether we want it to or not. And usually if we're going through autopilot, we just, we have a thought, oh, today sucks. And then we're like, oh yeah, okay, today sucks. Um, Right, But we don't question it. We're like, okay, really does today suck? Or did I Mm -hmm. just like hit snooze one too many times? Um, Exactly. And like, what can I do at this point to make it a better day? Like that moment sucked, yeah. And maybe I missed whatever it was you wanted to do. But you can still be flexible in the way that you go through life. Right. Exactly. And I had that same, like being super rigid. I know Ashley and I talk about this too. And just if we have our day planned out and there's a something that happened and I can't make it to the gym at eight or I can't whatever meal prep my food at five, I'm like freaking out and my whole week yeah. is ruined. And mm-hmm. when we say that to ourselves, my day is ruined. Now my week is ruined. You're just prompting, you're giving yourself a verbal prompt to engage in behaviors that are going to ruin that week. Absolutely. Um, so this right. is why I'm so big on like the positive affirmations. And I yeah. do this with my clients do this with myself because when we tell ourselves like I'm in control um, I have the power to change or whatever and people may think it's woo woo it's it's not behavioral but that's Mm -hmm. just a verbal prompt for you to engage in those behaviors that will give you the power to change that will give you that um, that flexibility in your in your thought process so I I think that I know in our questions we're probably jumping ahead here but um, act can be seen as controversial because it's people may think it's not behavioral. Um, yeah. But would you say that it's more so like verbal behavior that the the prime focus is? 
Yeah, it's definitely verbal behavior um, and private events, right? Which is what kind yeah. of makes it controversial. But it's verbal behavior. Right. It's, it's what we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and we talk to ourselves all day long. Don't tell me you don't talk to yourself. <laughs> I do yep. it all the time. Um, yeah, right. And, and what you were saying earlier about um, the ver- it being a verbal prompt, like the way our mm-hmm. brain works, it's if we say something, our brain believes it and it's going to look for all the different ways in which that is true, mm-hmm. right? So if I tell myself I'm the best person ever, right, I'm going to look for evidence that exactly. makes that true. Right. Like, oh, exactly. I – do X, Y, Z, and that makes me the best person ever. Or mm-hmm. if I do the opposite, which I used to do all the time, I used to say, I'm the worst BCBA. Mm-hmm. I didn't get proper training. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like the list goes on and on. So if that works, and this is also what like helped me understand act two is like, I used to believe all that crap I would tell myself that was negative, that I sucked, that that like it's either all in or it's nothing at all. I believed that. And so if I could easily believe that, what about the opposite? What if I play right, around exactly. with that and and see exactly. like what the difference is there? And the fact is like I feel better when I'm on that side, when I'm, I'm looking exactly. at the positive side um, or not just even positive side, but like looking at the other options um, mm-hmm. and tuning into – um, what other possibilities are out there and other opportunities um, when we're more flexible and less rigid with our thinking. I think it allows us and it opens freedom to engage in those right. actions. Yep. Is it only thinking though, or can it also be like reflecting on your actual like behavior and like committing to doing something more positive or doing something a different mm-hmm. way or modifying your environment for success? Or would mm-hmm. that just be something completely different? Cause no, that's the way that it. like I understand it too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like my boyfriend was in therapy for a little bit um, when he got out of the military and they were doing like ABC data, but they weren't calling it like antecedent behavior consequence. It was just mm-hmm. like, what's the behavior that's triggering your anxiety? Yeah. What happens before it? And then what do you do after it? But then they didn't follow through with the commitment mm-hmm. of like change. Mm-hmm. And when I was yeah, looking right. over his data, I was like, how are you going to change this? Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, what can we do to the environment so that that thing that happened right before your anxiety attack does not happen again? And we can commit to that so that later on you will continue to do that behavior change. They didn't look at it that way because it's mental health. So obviously it's yeah. different. But like right. I broke it down like that. I'm like, oh, they're doing ACT and they're doing ABC data. Like how cool is that? Right. But they just didn't yeah. have that little thing at the end that like would have put like the cherry on top. But yeah. is that ACT too or is yeah. that something separate? Okay. I would say that's definitely ACT mm-hmm. um, in application. So within ACT, right. there's what's called a hexaflex. Um, and the way it was taught to me is we can dance through it, right? So in the center, we have psychological flexibility and we have different components that you can dance through. And it's not so it's much f- like... fluid. Yeah, it's very Cute. fluid. It's not mm-hmm. like A, B, C, D, and then that yeah. leads to E. You know, it's like you right. get to move around and quite literally dance. And so there's different components mm-hmm. to it. There's the present moment and then there's values. There's committed action and then self as context, diffusion right. and acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. And so all of that like plays into 
psychological flexibility and seeing more options um, in other otherwise situations where we might just view it as black and white or we might go right. in with that all or nothing mentality. Exactly. Just like my, my car, like I had the every intention to make it to the gym uh, Tuesday morning. I was in my car, mm-hmm. son in my car, we're ready to go. And my car wouldn't, wouldn't start. So I, flexible planning, which I learned the name of it through ACT. And I got out and I got our, our stroller out and we walked to the gym. So that's flex, that's me engaging in a behavior that was value driven because I wanted to go to the gym. I have my my same goal. I want to hit the gym four times a week. That's my value. And I have a purpose behind that value. And I still committed to that behaviorally because even though my car would not start and that would have in the past taken me like totally off, you know, I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to the gym. I'm going to have, I'm freaking out. I need to figure this car out. Like, you know, totally have me derail from my actual committed action that I, to go to the gym. So that is me behaviorally engaging in, yeah, act in practice. So, um, I think that's a great example, Alex, in mm-hmm. how acts can be applied within, you know, that general ABA structure. Um, and it really, it does impact our behaviors. And that's why I'm so like adamant about the inclusion of act is because we can change our behavior if we give our thoughts a chance, you know, if we explore them, hey, what, what really is going on with this? Like, why am I thinking this? In the event that, like, Alex, before you knew about ACT, maybe um, you mentioned that you would have just it derailed your day. Like, that's yeah. what I would have done, too. Like, oh, shoot, my car right. doesn't work. Like, instant mad, angry. Yeah. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to go to right. the gym. Like, that's what no, I was going to do. Right. And now I can't do it. Yeah, it's ruined. Yep. My day is ruined. Like, I'm mad. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to know about it, you know? Yep. And so yep. that's my behavior, right? Yep. Pre- working on my thoughts and so yeah and so then if we look into that and we get curious like oh well why am I so upset are there different options like is there another way I can get to the gym and we kind of take a step back and that's what's really important too with act is is you take a step back and you observe what's going on instead of being enveloped in what's happening um and that separation is like it works wonders it, it makes such a big difference I can imagine that because I'm someone like that where because I, I think I have ADHD too on top of the OCD I'm self-diagnosing myself with <laughs> but I go <laughs> in my private events from like zero to a hundred within oh, yeah. like five seconds mm-hmm. and like my supervisor even did it in front of me once too because her like gmail like wasn't letting her log back in and she was like trying to see my client's data she's like i'm never gonna have access to his data sheet ever again ashley mm-hmm. and i was like relax but i would <laughs> i knew if that was me i would have yes. been thinking the same thing like and i told you that i was like if i was you right now i would be thinking the same thing but look at me like you have access to it because I have access to it. Like you will yes. get access to it again. It's not going anywhere. But like yeah. I do that so much too. And I think it's so easy for maybe just as human beings that we like literally go from like the situation to like the worst possible mm-hmm. cause. And then we're like, that's what Absolutely. it's going to be. It's going to literally be that. And my life is over. And it's like, it's, yes. it's not. But that separation, I can see how that can just be like 
what changes the entire mindset. Because if I was able to do that, I even commented on Alex's story today. I was so proud of her for all this flexible planning. Cause I was like, I would die if I was <laughs> you right now. <laughs> like I would literally die. Yeah. And then practice. my schedule got changed yeah. too. Like my yeah. client was like, Oh, can you get here 30 minutes early? And like, can we end a little bit later? And then tomorrow, can you stay longer? And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't plan for this, but like yeah. I yeah. went with the flow and I wanted to die, yeah. but I did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it's, awesome for you. It's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is hard. Definitely. And in the beginning, it feels weird and uncomfortable. And I think that reminding yourself of your why, right? Like what is your yes. value behind this really right. helps when you're really stretching yourself because this process is about stretching yourself and like becoming like that other person that you think is possible for you. And that's why you want to continue to like move forward. Right. Right. Um, And do things differently. And so reminding yourself why you're doing it, (laughs) especially when you, when it gets tough, that'll be helpful. Yeah. And finding purpose in all of the things that you do, it just makes it so much easier to like, like health, for example, like um, before I was, go to the gym because it was all aesthetics like I just want to look mm-hmm. look a certain right. way and because I, I want people to look at me with a certain body and think I'm attractive yeah. like that was like the purpose of it but changing mm-hmm. that purpose to just being healthy it's so much easier to eat a certain way go to the gym or um, just drink water things like that it's having my sleep routine because it's all my purpose is just health now and being a healthy person there's, there's no yeah, more right. like there's no more of that that fight of I want to just go to the gym to look a certain way and I'm also yeah. trying to party and drink and whatever yeah. and engage in unhealthy behaviors. I no longer have to battle that because I all have one purpose and one why. So I think mm-hmm. identifying your why and your values just makes it so much easier to do the things. Yes. It's a great place to start too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's how I started as well with an activity of like, what are my values? And then mm-hmm. seeing like where my time was being spent. And mm-hmm. how opposite those were um, exactly. at the time that exactly. I did it. It was like, what's valuable to me is family. What's valuable to me is being healthy, you know, X, mm-hmm. Y, Z. And then where I was spending most of my time, it was like a 10. Most of my time was being spent at work. And like zero of my time was being spent at home with my family. And so I was like, wait a minute. And like that. Like, yeah, I created a goal out of that. But just knowing that, like, even if you're not like a goal person, like having that information is so helpful because then it's like, okay, well, how, like what other behaviors can I engage in so that uh, work is not consuming my life and I have time for family. So something I did was just create boundaries. And I say that lightly, but it took a lot of work, especially for someone who wants to like do the best and be the best. Um, in everything. And so that meant setting boundaries at work meant like having to say no to my boss, you know, and like, hey, like this is as late as as I'm willing to work and I'm closing my computer at this time. But then knowing like while all those things were difficult for me, knowing that the reason I'm doing them is so I can spend time with my family because that is very valuable to me. Exactly. We are running out of time here. Uh, I, we have so many. We have so many other things that we can get to that we haven't <laughs> got to. So I feel like oh man, maybe time have, flew. We may need a, 
a part two (laughs) with with Jocelyn because, yeah, there's so much more to learn about ACT. But before we go, um, Jocelyn, can you tell us like where people can find you, what's your website, your Instagram, your business information, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. Um, First, I do want to thank you both for having me on. And I am totally down for part two. Yes. (laughs) I love speaking to you both. Um, So I currently live on Instagram and my handle is at Journey with Jaws. Um, I will be releasing uh, my website within the next couple of weeks. So Yay. I'll make sure to give you guys that information so you can find yeah, it. For sure. no. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So currently I work one-on-one with clients and we delve deep into um, really looking at what habits we currently have, whether mm-hmm. they're serving us or not, and going from there and creating a lifestyle that serves them. Um, my business motto is don't just go through life, glow through life. Um, I love that. It resonates so much. And I think I'm going to do a whole like Instagram thing on there um, to really explain what that means. I know we're short on time and Alan needs to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) For all the listeners out there, um, I as a special thank you. Um, for being listeners to two BAs on a pod, I Aww. just shoot me a DM and I have a freebie worksheet to jumpstart your Ooh, um, I love experience. That. Yeah, plug, you plug, just plug. have to let me know that. that you're listeners yes. of two BAs on a pod. And that also Yay. includes um, awesome. a one-on-one consultation to really delve oh, wow. deep and talk more about it. I love yeah. that. Well, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to DM you. <laughs> your, yeah. Yeah. DM me your email and I'll, I'll send it over to you. Okay. I love that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. It was a, I love talking to Jocelyn. We definitely, yes. we always say this, like we need to bring you back on because we have, we can just <laughs> yes. keep talking. Yeah. Please um, subscribe now wherever you're listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review us. We are still giving away a $10 gift card. And you can find our Instagram at ABA on a pod. And you can find me personally at Objective Outcomes on Instagram. And you can find me at Behavior with Ash. And we will have all of Jocelyn's information in the show notes too. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Thank you guys for listening.